Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm content creator Corey Walmsley, the founder of Aurora Corealis Publishing. I'm dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs make a big impact by turning the next page with tools, tips, and resources that empower and connect the dots through books, publishing, and more. Every episode includes me, along with a featured guest on my globally recognized show, Page Turner Studio with Corey. Hello and welcome back to Page Turner Studio with Corey. I'm your host, Corey Walmsley. I'm CEO of Aurora Corealis Publishing, as well as the author of 10 books, my 10th one coming out in November of 2023. So I'm very excited about that. Um, today we have another amazing guest. We're going to be talking with Laura, Laura Smith Biswas, and we're going to talk about how to cultivate love for better business relationships. And this is a really interesting topic because I don't think it's something that we usually think about. Um, usually it's like, okay, I've got all these tasks lined up, all this stuff I have to do, and we don't stop and think about something as simple as love. So I'm really excited to talk to Laura today. Um, and let me introduce her a little bit before we bring her up from the green room. She focuses on teaching tangible ways to love ourselves and experience more love in relationships, whether those are with close partners, parent, child, family, or at work. Her love serves as a reminder that love isn't accidental. And I think that's wonderful. I think it's amazing to think about it as something that we consciously seek and curate. Laura's a serial entrepreneur with a successful multi-million dollar healthcare company listed on the INC 500-5000 list three times over. And she has a growing coaching practice supporting clients to create a life built on a foundation of love. So Welcome, Laura. Let's bring you up from the green room and we'll get started. Hi, Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining me. It's great to have you on. Yeah, thank you. And congratulations on your next book. That's an incredible accomplishment. <laughs> thank you. I love writing, so I'm very excited about getting my next one out. I, I, I can appreciate that. I like the process, but it's always... A bigger thing than you think you know when you first time you write a book you're like i'll just pick, kick that out and we'll get it published and it's a little bit more than that so it takes yeah. a lot of love and attention yeah definitely I, th I think the love piece is something that uh, we don't talk about often enough especially in like book writing and in business um i wanted to get started by asking you 
kind of what your background is kind of like what led you into the work that you do? Yeah. So, you know, I, I have this very, I don't, I may not be alone anymore, but for a long time, I felt like I was one of those people that had a marriage of two worlds that I was always trying to straddle. And one of those is sort of the traditional corporate business. I, you know, I went to Yale, the business school, I grew up in, you know, in sort of a very, uh, I, healthcare is maybe not the most male dominated group, you know, in corporate America, but you know, it's a pretty dominant, um, you know, experience to, to live that life. And then on the other hand, I have some very unusual sort of experiences where I grew up in a, a very religious family and left that in a very large family and traveled a spiritual journey that was very different than my family of origin. And I really stepped into, I took a path where I wanted to explore all kinds of things. And I chose to train as a shaman and I did a master's in spiritual psychology and really grounded myself in a wholly different world. So my probably last 10 to 15 years has been about uh, to a large degree about marrying those. And so while most people don't think about love and work, maybe all the time, I think the world's beginning to wake up that, you know, we live in a more um, integrated, we'd like, we'd all like to live in a more integrated society and experience, I think. And so my life's been spent kind of learning, like, how do you practically bring a concept like love into a whole variety of things that we don't maybe just run on autopilot about, you know, and maybe that doesn't give us our best, but that's what we're used to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting to think about that. Um, And I think, you know, because we spend so much time working, I mean, years of our lives, a huge chunk of our work week of our week, I just called it a work week, a huge chunk of our week is work. And I think it's important that we think about how we can bring love into that because we need to be living in love and, I imagine we feel better too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, what's very interesting, I guess, like if I had to boil a lot of what I've experienced down into one thing is that when we learn to relate to love from a, sorry, relate to life from a basis of love, you know, it, it doesn't, it, it might sound simple, but that's relating to yourself. That's relating to other people. It's relating to the earth. It's relating to ideas, everything can be related to with love. So it, it can encompass a lot of things. But when you build a foundation like that, you give yourself the chance to operate in the flow of life in a way that's very different than we just kind of grind it out. And you know, I, I like most people I've lit, you know, had jobs where, you know, I was expected to do way more than 40 hours a week, I was raising three kids, you know, I felt like I was going to lose my mind. And some of it was also exciting. And I was learning a lot. So it's not like it was all bad. But it wasn't exactly the life I wanted. My And I began to kind of look at this and go, okay, well, is this a really loving way for me to live when I can't give my kids the time they need? I can't give myself the time I need to even sleep enough, you know, and all these things. And you begin asking yourself, like, do we have a sustainable way that we're even living in this world? Right. And I think that's a lot of things that drive people to be entrepreneurs, frankly, right? We lead because we can't maybe change the whole system. And, uh, you know, what I have been seeing over the past couple of years, that's very exciting is I've seen bigger companies begin to embrace, um, I would say values that are more, um, that are closer to love than I've seen before. And even seen people talk about things and, you know, roles that are more, um, I don't know if the right word is spiritually based, but more holistically based. And so we're beginning to see people all over in the business world begin to go, 
maybe there's some there's a better way of doing this you know i think the pandemic brought some of that forward of course with all the challenges we have and and just conversations that began to have around the country as well as um, people having more flexibility and so you know i think we're in a big sea change really in business in some ways and um and figuring out what the tangible ways to really incorporate love like what does that actually mean that's the stuff i'd like to teach because it sounds really good but doing it is not always obvious <laughs> yeah yeah now i I bet there are plenty of people out there wondering. So I'm, I'm excited that we get to dive into this. Um, I wanted to start out talking about your book too. So um, tell me a little bit about how, you know, how you got started. Well, you, we know how you got started with what you do, but like how you got into writing the book, like what inspired yeah. that? Yeah. So um, actually ended up publishing my book in sort of a companion set. So I've got um, two that are here and, they're all centered around the same theme. And what kind of what happened to me was I was at this juncture of my life where I um, basically was, you know, I'd kind of progressed in my career. My kids were starting to grow up. Like I'd been married for a really long time and I was kind of experiencing disconnect everywhere. It's like, not that things were terrible, but it was like, I'm not really getting the, like maybe the intimacy I want. Maybe I'm not really having those work partnerships I really want. Maybe my work doesn't feel as fulfilling as I'd like, maybe, you know, all these connections. And I felt a little bit like, you know, there's all this love going out and people either weren't getting it or I wasn't feeling it back from them. And mm-hmm. one day I was having actually a discussion with um, a, a coach that I was working with and we were talking about it. And I just got this, the only way I can describe it is really a download of this image of a mandala. And if you've never seen one, you know, they're, they're usually beautiful and they have, you know, whole design and pattern to them. And I just got caught this idea through the discussion and this image that love is really like a mandala for each person, or you could think of it like a snowflake. We're all very unique. And so people are never going to want exactly the same thing from each other to experience love. And if you want to get better at relationships, whether they're business or personal, we have to get a little bit more detailed about how we, you know, interact and connect, not just with each other, but actually ourselves. And so I began to write um, the cosmology of love and really look at like, okay, there are ways that I can show up in life. And there's sort of five ways that we experience love. One is really obvious, which is we, the way we act, right? You think about that. It's very obvious. Um, but we, there's also a way of being, which is how we show up, right? So I call those ways of being, and that could be like being compassionate. And then there's um, ways of thinking, which is, you know, am I being open or maybe judgmental in a situation? So that's also a way of love. And then there's ways of um, speaking, of course, that's the other really obvious and we always think about what are our words. And then last, there's the ways of touching that are loving. And um, so I tried to detail really carefully a lot of ways to kind of break it down so you can begin to think about like how am I holding the situation how am I relating to this person and what you 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 would find if you got into the book is it gives you a process not just to think about love but how to identify what you actually really need and um, maybe to give a little example just so it's more tangible is like I grew up in a really big family lots of fun but a lot of chaos and not a lot of attention 
And so when you, when I did the process myself and I came down to like, what do I need the very most to feel loved? One of those top things was presence. So, you know, somebody really being fully there when they talk to me and really, Mm -hmm. you know, engaged from the heart. So, so it helps you find those things and they can honestly be used with friends. They could be used with partnerships. It's, it's, um, it's a good exploratory process for any kind of relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds really amazing. Um, I I think a lot of times we aren't aware of all of those things. So it really helps to have a book like this where we can sit down and be like, okay, how am I actually doing this? Or am I just glaring at people all the time, but you know, all of my love is inside my head and I'm like, Oh, they're really wonderful, but you know, I'm not expressing it out here. Yeah. Yeah. And also the self-love piece cannot be underestimated because even though we talk about, I mean, we've kind of gotten to a stage where that's out in the public domain and millions of Facebook posts or Instagram posts are around self-love, but actually learning to do it and figure out like, where are the places in my life where I'm missing that opportunity to hold myself in a way that will carry me through this experience or, um, or help me understand the boundaries I actually need in this relationship for it to work. You know, that's where self-love becomes very tangible and can change relationships Mm -hmm. because we, a lot of, I, this might not be true for all all people, but many of us grew up under this sort of auspice of love is basically like open book. Like I have to be there for everyone or do everything or show up all the time or, mm-hmm. you know, you fill in the blank. It could be, or that I'm always forgiving. I'm always, you know, like kind every second of the day. And mm-hmm. what it ignores is what is, what is the truth about taking care of your sacred self? Like, your boundaries actually are about protecting you. It's not so much that everyone's terrible and we need to keep them out. We don't have to really operate like that, but we do need to say, okay, what is it that I need in order to operate at my best? And that's where it kind of comes back, I think, to some of the things when we're trying to create. Mm -hmm. Self-love is this incredible generator of where are we getting our fuel from to write or to promote what we have or, or connect with people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot to think about. Thank you for sharing all of that. It sounds, it, it sounds like we all need to grab a copy of your book. <laughs> it's actually very digestible and um, doesn't have to be read cover to cover. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's fun to share it with people because it kind of can meet you wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that um, I think is, is useful is as we learn to define what is the... I actually like to think of it like a container for ourselves. Like how did you build your own container for yourself? Like we're all kind of in some kind of Petri dish, right? (laughs) In your house or in your workplace. And you can walk around with your own cultivation of a version of that, that supports you. So it is made up of like, what are the thoughts you're thinking? What are the actions you take, you know, to care for yourself every day? How much space do you give yourself to, excuse me, I'm losing the earphone here. Um, space you give yourself to regenerate after you've created something, you know, it can be a a lot of things. Um, But the thing that's interesting about it is that in some ways it boils down to actually getting very detailed about knowing yourself, because if you don't know yourself well, you're just not able to say, this is really what I need, or this is more important. Like, you know, your partner may not need to show up and fill every need you you have, but if they can't fill the top couple and you have a business partner and you guys 
don't really fit together that well, that's going to be a hard partnership, right? So whether it's a business or a love partnership, there's ability to say like, okay, I know, like for me, I'm good at high level strategic thinking and this, but I'm not the greatest person in creating processes. And I need somebody on my team who does that. Right. Mm-hmm. And to approach them with the, you know, like genuine appreciation for like what they're bringing and what you're bringing and how it blends together. You know, that's just a little example of how, you know, things can operate a little bit better as we know ourselves better. Yeah. That's a really good example. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to share the impactful page turner share that Laura sent me. Uh, The depth with which we come to know and understand ourselves is critical to opening the door to embracing who we are and loving our unique expression and contribution in the world. That is such a beautiful statement. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Can you tell me a little more about this? Yeah, well, I think this is a, I mean, it's a great entry point to talk about a little bit about writing, right? Because um, I think that the, the best things that are written this is just my opinion, (laughs) but they come from like deep authenticity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's technical aspects, right? I mean, I just, for example, I won't name names, but I just read a novel that I heard was a bit bestseller. And I told my, my partner, I said, it's maybe not the best technical, you know, writing I've ever read, but the point of the story was so profound and that was worth every minute I spent on that book. So, you know, you don't have to sometimes be everything to deliver your message in the world. You don't have to be a perfect writer. And the depth that with, with which we come to know and understand, like, why, what is my sort of message? You know, if I, if I if you want to be a writer, I'm sure you have a message. There's, <laughs> it's probably a fair assumption. Or you have a story to tell, right? Or something that you want to bring forward. And it could come from your life experience or, and, you know, probably most likely does. And coming into full embrace of what that story is and who you are gives you the freedom to tell that story and to share more deeply. Because if we haven't embraced, for example, let's say our aspects, um, maybe I can give a good, I'll give you a good example. Um, A lot of people know Tim Ferriss. He's, he's written a lot of books Four hour work week was the first one I read, loved it. And um, I heard him on a podcast and they talked about how he had experienced, um, being uh, abused as a child and he had never talked about it he waited so long in his life his career and he said I don't know I just wasn't ready to talk about that until a certain point and then he realized that people could be helped by that and I I I really tuned in because I have that same history and I have been pretty open about it but I couldn't talk about that until I did the work Mm -hmm. so I had to go in and bring love to those places that were wounded, angry, you know, like, you know, really, you know, just felt torn to shreds in order to be able to bring that forward and share about it. And so as much as um, we are able to embrace our own story, to embrace the parts of us that are, you know, suffering or in pain has an impact on how much of us we can bring to the table and not even just directly, like maybe you don't even want to talk about that. And that's not what your message is about. But the more we work with ourselves and we embrace those pieces, more of us and our energy really shows up to do the work. So mm-hmm. you can funnel it, whether it's about that topic or not. So, um, so I'm really, you know, big believer that it's, 
the depth at which we are able to heal allows us to express things with more love and more passion. And so, and of course it's this ongoing journey. So I never want people to feel like, Oh, you, you know, you haven't done enough. You've got more to do. We always have more to do, but not from a place of, I haven't done enough, just like, Oh, there's more. And that could be exciting. And let's Mm -hmm. see what happens instead of, you know, Oh, my journey, maybe I never want to see it half full. It's just, it's ongoing. Yeah. Yeah, I love the example that you chose, because that is something that we talk about a lot is when somebody has a story that they need to share, but they don't feel like they've healed enough around it. And it really is about love. It is about giving love to those places that need it in yourself. And then being able to tell that story with love, because if you're telling that story with pain, then you're not empowering other people to, you know, love themselves who they are, and to also potentially share their stories with love. Yeah, you're, that was the the right word. It's just it, the empowerment that comes from that is really incredible. I really appreciate that you articulated it that way. Thank you. Um, so I wanted to share your being a page turner tip. My experiences taught me how to apply love in a variety of situations. This along with my background in spiritual psychology provided the framework for my book where I share how to make daily choices that lead to flow. So from what I read, <laughs> when you sent me all this information about your your book and your work, um, I feel like I understand how love can lead to flow. But can you explain a little bit about that? Yeah. And that, interestingly, is what I found is a skill. So, the you know, this is where, you know, it gets a little fun. It's like, how do you break down an idea like that and make it actually work in your life? Because, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of like seeing a, a meme and going yeah, yeah, I get it. Or that's funny, but like, really, where are we going to go with that? <laughs> so, um, so let me, get, so the way I think about it is a little bit truly like a river. So um, I, I apologize. I have, I have got to, these are the smallest earbuds I can find. I apparently have petite ears from what they say. <laughs> so they're always coming out. Um, so what I think of it is sort of like, imagine that there's a river and if this was completely safe and you could just be in the river and allow it to carry you through life and you didn't have to worry about bumping into anything or going the wrong direction, then you really um, can let go a little bit and say like, okay, I don't need to control things. And those of us who like me have trauma in our history, we want to control because we want to feel safe. So there's work behind often getting in the flow around safety Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll just, um, you know, leave that aside. We, we all have moments where we've gotten in the flow where the ideas are flowing, where you know just what to write or you know the next thing to do or somebody connects with you and everything's sort of coming through really easily. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's so nice about when you're in the flow, it becomes kind of timeless. You don't experience it like the clock's ticking away all day and I can't, I can't wait to get up from my desk. <laughs> you know, you're actually enjoying yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So what does it mean to get to, how does love have anything to do with that, I guess is the question. And what I experience is when I'm in the flow, you can feel you feel good. You're like, I'm having a great day. And then something happens. Um, Like I had this friend who told me a story yesterday. She had um, somebody contact her on Facebook. It was an old friend. She gave Mm -hmm. their phone number so they could reconnect. And then it turned out to be a... um, yeah, 
a fishing attempt. And so she gave her, you know, thing out to somebody. She felt really bad. <laughs> and then her day started going downhill. And she's like, and then this happened and then this and this. And I was like, okay, just stop. Just take a breath and stop. And the thing she was missing was she was judging herself for giving this phone number out, which is so simple, you know, very human thing to do. And when I reminded her, like, it's self-loving to just give yourself a break on that. Let your, let it go and say, I didn't do anything wrong. This is not really my fault. And, you know, she took care of what she needed to do to secure her account. She's, she then was able to let it go and go, okay, I didn't do anything wrong. I don't need to be in this energy. And she took a break. And when she said, when she came back, everything kind of went back, but it's what happens often is there's something in there that's bothering us. And so in the psyche, we start wrestling with it, right? We get all tangled up at, about like, or we start judging, you know, maybe it's not, that's a kind of straightforward example, but let's say somebody does something and you're a little irritated and you don't really know what's going on their side and you start making up a whole story about them and why they said this and why you're, you know, yeah. and you know, it starts affecting your work and everything. And then you start talking to people about, and you know, that can just spiral, right? And the opportunity to say, okay, I don't understand what's going on. Let me, uh, when I'm ready and calm down, I'm going to connect with this person and ask for, invite their explanation. Where are you coming from? Tell, and not from a place of I'm angry, but from, can I be open and, you know, engage in a way that allows for a different experience? Like, can we create something different? We started out like this. How can we go back into the flow? And so it requires offering that person some love and saying, I'm going to extend you, you know, kind of like standing all the branch and say, like, let's give this a try. Now, not always will people meet you. And sometimes you have to step back and say, hey, okay, my boundary was, you know, that's that's as far as I can go with it. But you've basically given an opportunity to create a more loving engagement between two people or with yourself in these situations. And then that keeps you from spiraling downward and you start to feel different and you can step back into that river. It's almost like jumping in and out of the river. You have to learn how to get back in the river. If that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it does. Um, I I think for anyone that has, uh, I can't think of the name of the chart, but where you have like love and joy and peace up at the top and it goes down through the different emotions and they're lower and lower vibrations. Um, That was kind of how I was thinking of it. Like when you drop down into those lower vibrations, then you have to consciously say, no, I want to be up here. I want to be in love and peace and joy and all of these. I don't want to be down in frustration and anger and disappointment. Uh, So I I love that. I love that way of thinking about it and getting back into the river and, you know, being in flow. Yeah. And and it isn't always easy, like what you're describing. I I wish I could remember the name too um, of the chart, but the vibrational um, jump is hard to do in big pieces. So sometimes it's really good to just say like, okay, maybe I can just hold this person in neutrality. Like maybe I don't get what's going on. And maybe that's where you start, you know, and just say like, I don't know why they said that. I don't know why this happened and I'm not going to make up a story about it. And you, maybe your love needs to go to taking care of your emotions. It might be, that's where the love is most needed. You might be really upset and in a place of, okay, I need to go sit with my fear or sit with my stress level and, you know, kind of hold myself through that until I can have a further conversation. But you know, it does help to kind of think about climbing the ladder instead of trying to, you know, I guess, uh, pull vault your way up. (laughs) That's a very good point. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to share the turn the page with Corey share. 
self-love takes time to build, but it's huge for building the right relationships. Um, is this something that you get to work with your clients with? Yeah, that's, um, that's always a joy. Um, seems like I always end up with people that are in some kind of transition, whether that's a life change or a stage of life or, yeah. the, you know, relationship change, um, or maybe their relationship with their kids are changing, but the, what, you know, the people that you care about so much, you have so much love for, sometimes those are the most trying because that's where our sort of material gets played out the most. Mm -hmm. And so we, it's very easy if you're, I would imagine that the folks that watch your show are very accomplished. And those who are really uh, accomplished often are those that are hardest on themselves. And so what happens sometimes is that then we don't want to go, we either don't know how to take care of ourselves when things are difficult because all we know how to do is be critical. And even if you get rid of the voice in your head, this was sort of my journey. I got rid of that voice in my head that was critical, but then it was like, I'm not saying those things, but I wasn't feeling so loved by myself. There's, there's a whole journey of like stages, right? Just like we were talking about of, okay, we stop saying mean things. Then we got to say, go to neutrality. <laughs> and then how do we build to like where you could really even, you know, really praise and love yourself and walk yourself through something brand new. And when you're doing something like creating a new book or a new business, you're always doing things that you've never done before. And that can be really painful, honestly, right? Because you're used to being successful <laughs> and right. you don't want to be, you know, so how do we hold ourselves through being a beginner or a difficult where something falls apart or, you know, the market doesn't respond the way you expect and your business fails. Like all those things can be huge challenges to our um, ability to love ourselves, but great teachers and fuel us to really use them to go somewhere we want to go after, no matter what happens, there's always something beautiful in that silver lining somewhere. Yeah. That's a really good th way to think about all those challenges that they're just teaching us something and we're growing and bring it back to love. Yeah. Um, I wanted to share the uh, make an impact tip with Corey. Uh, people can sense the energy in which you write. So always write with love. I imagine this is something you experienced with your book. Yeah, it's funny. I think it's the most direct correlation we could make in this conversation for a yeah. writer. It's I really believe in infusing what you're working on with love. And so um, I think people do it naturally because it's something you love that you're passionate about. You're writing about, of course. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I like if, if I'm working with somebody, I'll teach them to make it very conscious and sit down. And I really enjoy um, like what I would call a ritual for something like this. And it can be so simple, like light a candle, you know, and set an intention that, you know, every page of this book helps people receive the message that you intended or that it gets into the right hands of the people that are really looking for the help that you're providing. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you're, you know, sometimes I do a, a bit of a, this is just another little tip, a visualization of seeing my book go into the hands of somebody who goes into another hands of somebody and people share it mm -hmm. and seeing it kind of spread to those, those who are ready to receive your message and the joy of allowing, you know, it, to it kind of has its own life at some point, right? You release it and you're, you know, it's like a child, you're always taking care of nurturing it for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
but it's a little bit its its own person. And so I like to imagine kind of sending it off with love as well as, as you market and promote it as well. Yeah, I love that. I love the visualization idea. Um, that's not actually one that I've tried before. So I will definitely be <laughs> encouraging my clients to do that. Um, but it's so true. If you're picturing these things like just thinking about seeing your book in someone's hands and handing it to someone else, sometimes that will help you get into the right mindset for writing, even if it's a really tough story. Because I know a lot of times we're like, we've healed that piece, but we're still a little iffy on sharing it. So sometimes mm -hmm. that little bit can kind of nudge you over the edge and make you feel more comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it really reminds me how there's one more piece we haven't talked about that's really, really um, like heartfelt. And that's mm -hmm. that the people that you're writing for that really need the message that you have, that connecting with love for them, even if you don't know them, is so motivating, right? So when you get really stuck and you're like, I'm never going to finish this. I don't know when I'm going to find the time, <laughs> right? Yeah. So easy to go there. If you can tap into your um, compassion, maybe for the person that needs what you have and go, you know what, for that person, I'm going to sit down today and stick to my schedule and show up, you know, at my computer. And um, even if you don't write a whole bunch that day, you've, you've committed to keep going. Right. So yeah. that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do that little shift to get it away from yourself and be like, yes, I'm impacting others. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. This was such a great conversation. Oh, I loved all your shares. Um, we're just putting more love out into the world, right? Uh, it's totally my pleasure, Corey. It's such a, a joy to be on the show and to share, you know, my thoughts with you and hear yours as well. I really appreciate what you're doing in the world. And Thank uh, thanks for me. having me. Yeah, thank you. All right, I'm going to send Laura back to the green room and we will wrap up. So thank you everyone for joining me today. Don't forget to catch the next episode of Page Turner Studio with Corey on every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Central, or if you're Eastern like me, 10 a.m. I know it's fun doing the math with all the time zones. Um, I hope to see you again next week and have a Page Turner's day. You can learn more about me, my products, and services at auroracorealispublishing.com. Make sure to join me for another episode every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Central on my globally recognized show, Page Turner's Studio with Corey. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. 
Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger. Electric acid.